Hello, and welcome to another episode of Over My Dead Pod. This is your host for today, Kate Carter. I'm Kylie Colwell. And I'm Holly Spear. Before we get started with our episode today, um, I just want to give a quick little shout out and reminder. If you guys don't follow us on social media, um, we have announced that we're going to be doing a special episode coming out on Halloween day. So please keep your eyes peeled for any updates that we might post on our social media about this special episode. It's going to be an episode like we've never done before very excited for it. Can't wait. Uh, you may, you may see us in costumes. You may not as always, please like, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. We also have a Facebook page and an Instagram page. You can find us at over my dead pod. All right. So ladies, we're going to just per usual and jump right in. This is the case of Kim Edwards and Lucas Markham, who are also known as the twilight killers. Kimberly Rose Edwards was born on June 13th, 2001 in England to her mother, Elizabeth Edwards. Her father left the family when Kim was only around two years old, and the Edwards lived in a town called Spalding, Lincolnshire, England. There, the house sat in a normal neighborhood. It was really quiet, and they specifically lived in a cul-de-sac that was known to not have much action, um, just very low-key. But before I start diving into Kim... I want to start with her mother, Elizabeth, and her sister, Katie. Kim's mother, Elizabeth, was 49 years old at the time of these events. And just so we don't get confused throughout the story, because there's so many girl names, I'm going to call her Mother Elizabeth. Mother Elizabeth was originally from Edinburgh, and she worked as a lunch lady at the St. Paul's Community Primary School and Nursery in Spalding. They called her a dinner lady, and then I looked it up because I was like... the there's dinner at a primary school. I don't understand that. And it's just basically the American version of a lunch lady. So because of her job, she was well-known and well-liked in the town. Mother Elizabeth was dating a man named Graham Green, and together they had a mixed breed puppy named Belle that they absolutely adored. Mother Elizabeth was known as a very friendly person. She attended church often and was very involved in her community. Overall, she was a really liked person just like her youngest daughter, Katie. Now, Katie was 13 years old at the time of these events, meaning she was just a year younger than her older sister, Kim. Katie was known to be quiet, but was described as a lovely, popular, and carefree girl. She was best friends with a girl named Elena, and these two girls had a very close relationship and considered each other sisters. And Elena said that Mother Elizabeth was like a second mother to her. Kim and Katie Edwards had an older half-sister whose name was Mary Cottingham. Mary lived elsewhere. She's much older. So Mary lived in Derby with her husband and her children. Mary was very close with Mother Elizabeth and kept regular contact with her younger sisters as well. Now, I couldn't really find an age for Mary, even though she pops up in a lot of articles. You could just tell by the pictures and whatnot that she was a good chunk older. I would say at least 10 years older. So she kept in contact with her younger sisters, but, you know, she definitely lived a different life. She had a husband and kids. So the family dynamics in the Edwards home definitely had some issues. Kim always felt like her mother favored the youngest sister, Katie, and the favoritism had been going on ever since she was a kid. 
According to Kim, when she was little, she had never gotten along with her mom. Kim also had no relationship with her father, who again left the house when she was around two years old. A lot of the issues that Kim had with her mom stemmed from an incident in January of 2006. One day, Kim and Mother Elizabeth got into a fight over the TV, and Mother Elizabeth ended up punching Kim in the face. At the time of this event, Kim was only six years old. It's not funny. It's not funny at all. Child abuse is not funny. But I just, when I was reading this, I was like, oh, they got into a fight. The mom punched her, you know, kind of not really thinking too much of it. And then I read that Kim was six years old and I was like, oh, okay. That's a full punch to a child. That's a whole, that's a very different story. That's a no, no. That's a, as much as you want to, like, sometimes I know there are going to be urges to just, you know, smack the kid and whatnot, but a full grown up punch to a child is a little ridiculous. So Mother Elizabeth ended up turning herself in to social services after the incident. And as a result of that, the state placed Kim and Katie in foster care for several months, which you can imagine the trauma, you know, Kim was six, Katie was five. Eventually, the Edward sisters returned to their mom's care and social services closed their file on this family. But Mother Elizabeth felt like Kim truly never forgave her for the incident. And this ended up leading to a long history of resentment and issues between them. Now, Kim ended up growing up to be a troubled girl, ended up in the behavioral unit at her high school. In September of 2013, a lot of these anger issues came back, and it led to a three-year period of significant problems. At the time, Mother Elizabeth told Kim's teachers that Kim had been planning on running away from home, but for whatever reason, March 2014, Mother Elizabeth went back and told Kim's teachers that the relationship had improved. But unfortunately, this wasn't for long, and eventually things went south again in the family. Eight months later, Kim contacted support workers and said that her mother had tried to strangle her. Also a no-no. Both Mother Elizabeth and Katie denied that this ever took place, um, even though Kim was the one filing the report. Later in January of 2015, Mother Elizabeth contacted the general practitioner for the family and asked to have family counseling set up. Within a few weeks of Mother Elizabeth having set up the family counseling session, she also had set up an emergency psychiatric appointment for Kim as she found a suicide note in Kim's bedroom. Kim's half-sister, Mary, said that life in the family home after that was quite peaceful, actually, from everything that she had heard from Mother Elizabeth, which just kind of makes you think, because when I read that, I was like, that doesn't make any sense. But then again, it's only coming from one person. Both girls, Kim and Katie, were doing well in school and were happy, but that all changed again in May of 2015 when Kim got a boyfriend. This boyfriend was 14-year-old boy named Lucas Markham. Kim and Lucas met at high school in 2013 when Kim was walking into a classroom just as Lucas was throwing a chair across the room. For whatever reason, that was attractive to Kim. But they didn't start their relationship until May of 2015. Both at the time were 14-year-olds who bonded over having suicidal thoughts, and if it wasn't clear already from the chair throwing, Lucas had some behavioral and anger issues as well. At school, he was known to be aggressive and had to be isolated from other students because he, quote unquote, kept attacking them. Seems like a great guy. Sounds like a great guy. Good yeah, I love that. That's so hot. <laughs> so hot. So hot. Now, the two of them quickly formed a very intense and toxic relationship, as you can imagine. 
Kim said that she felt happy for once while she was with Lucas and that she had never felt so close to someone before. She told people that they shared the same attitude in life. And now Lucas had a very troubled background as well. It's a sad one, to be honest, just like most of them are. His father was an alcoholic, had major rage issues. There was a lot of domestic violence that took place in the house when Lucas was young. Ended up leading Lucas and his brother being sent to foster care for a period of time. Now, when the boys got out of foster care, the Markham brothers, they were eventually taken in by their aunt. And I think it was like, I read like two or three days after they were taken in by their aunt, their mom died of leukemia. So it was just like, boom, 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 you know, like multiple things, bad things happening. And they were very young at the time. So that can be traumatic. Back to mother Elizabeth. She did not like the fact that Kim was seeing Lucas at all. She described the two of them together as a ticking time bomb waiting to go off. The relationship between Lucas and Kim reminded mother Elizabeth of her relationship with Kim's father. And that's because mother Elizabeth's ex-husband, who was Kim's dad, was addicted to drugs and was very abusive towards her. It turns out that mother Elizabeth had spent a majority of time in women's shelters during her marriage as well. Half-sister Mary also agreed that Lucas and Kim's relationship was bad and said that from the beginning, there was something about Lucas that she couldn't, she couldn't stand. She didn't like Lucas seemed like trouble and Mary tried to warn Kim multiple times, but Kim didn't want to hear any of it. I mean, you're 14 young, you know, young love. You think you're going to marry the person. So mother Elizabeth called Mary a lot to talk about Kim and Lucas. And she said that ever since Kim started seeing him, Kim had become more withdrawn from her friends and family. And it was pretty clear to everyone that mother Elizabeth didn't improve this relationship. But despite mother Elizabeth having these concerns in August of 2015, youth mental health services noted that the relationship between Kim and mother Elizabeth had improved. They did note that they felt Kim was the odd one out of the family, or at least she kept saying that she was. From the beginning, Kim stated that she was jealous of her younger sister, you know, which that's a really, mm-hmm. that's a tough one. Cause usually you hear it almost the opposite. Like when you have a, a sister, you're usually jealous of the older one. Kylie, you got, you got sisters. I'm the eldest of six. Yeah. yeah. And I will say as a fellow oldest, eldest, you always feel like the younger ones are getting more attention because they require more attention. Oh, yeah. wow. actually, that is uh, that's very true. I'm the oldest as well, and I I know that that yeah, yeah for sure. I'm the baby, but I will say yeah. I have always said it. My family will back me up on this too. I've always said my brother. Now, if you guys, well, you know my brother Matthew. So if you, if anybody listening to this knows my brother, he is the golden child of the family. But there's good reasons for that. But this year, I became the golden child because I'm the first one pregnant. I now won until Matt gets pregnant. Yeah, yeah, until Matthew gets pregnant. Yes. Kim was jealous of her younger sister's relationship with mother Elizabeth. The process that they had seemed to make quickly regressed. Mother Elizabeth attempted to forbid Kim from seeing Lucas, but as you can imagine, that completely enraged her. Kim claimed that around this time in her life, it became like a living walking hell. Kim decided that she was going to see Lucas anyways, and the two secretly met quite often in the Edwards home back garden. In October of 2015, Kim ended up running away with Lucas. Missing persons report was issued for the both of them and local media was sent out. They sent out alerts to be on the lookout. The two were missing for six days before they were found by police. And when they were found by police, they were discovered sleeping rough out in the woods. Now sleeping rough, because I was like, 
I don't know what that means. Like, what do you mean? Just like butt naked or stuff like that. But apparently <laughs> sleeping rough means sleeping out in the open with no protection or personal items. So these two, like 14 year olds were just out in the woods, just chilling, sleeping on the ground. Oh. Do they have poison ivy in England? Like, how does that even, I don't know how they survived. Anyways, after Lucas came back to school, the other students apparently teased him and he ended up becoming a lot more withdrawn and less noisy and disruptive. He really turned into a loner and he only hung out with his girlfriend, Kim. Lucas was never really a popular student to begin with, as you can imagine, because he picked fights with everyone and anyone. One classmate of Lucas said that he was one of the most hated kids in school for how aggressive and weird he was. Lucas's classmates also stated that he would do basically anything Kim asked, and it was very well known that he hated Mother Elizabeth. In fact, some classmates said later on that Lucas had talked about killing Mother Elizabeth on multiple occasions. Of course, everyone just thought he was all talk. Eventually, Lucas ended up getting expelled from school, and at some point, Kim's estranged father also tried contacting her around the same time. So there were two big stressors happening in Kim's life at this point. And in March of 2016, Kim attempted suicide by taking an overdose of painkillers, but she was rushed to the hospital and luckily survived. And after this attempt, Mother Elizabeth set up counseling for the whole family. As you can imagine, the situation just got worse. So on April 6, 2016, Kim and her mom got into a big fight. And according to Kim, Mother Elizabeth told her that she was going to turn out to be just like her father. Kim left the house and went to Lucas's home, and the two barricaded themselves in Lucas's bedroom for the night. When Kim returned home to get a birth control pill, she found... Wait, wait. Yeah. Hers? Yeah. Oh. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 14. Now I will say... I mean, we support safe sex. We do. We support safe sex. You a baby, but we support safe sex. So when Kim returned home to get a birth control pill, she found out that her mother had bagged up some of her things and that she had given some of her personal items to Katie, Kim's younger sister. This is not even 24 hours. So basically that was the final straw in Kim's mind. And she felt like she didn't belong in the family anyways. And she didn't want to live if it had to be living with her mom. Kim wanted a way out of the situation completely. And she felt as if there was only one thing left to do. And that's when she and Lucas created the plan to kill mother Elizabeth and her 13 year old sister, Katie. I had a sister because she's jealous of her. You just, just wait. The plot was set up just days after Kim's latest fight with mother Elizabeth. And one day later in the Edwards backyard, Lucas joked to Kim that he wished he could just kill her mom, but Kim didn't take it as a joke. She told yeah. Lucas that she wanted him to actually do it. And from there they began their intense planning. There's going to be some kind of word for these manipulative people that convince other people to kill, you know? I Googled it. It is called proxy murder. And when you Google it, the picture that pulls up is Charles Manson. There you okay. go. Good job, Kylie. Originally, the plan was to slit Mother Elizabeth and Katie's throats. And then the two were going to kill themselves so that no one could split them up. Kim later told the psychiatrist that she wanted to get rid of only the problems she could see. And she thought it would be better if Katie also died. Kim said that she wasn't killing her sister out of anger that she would miss her but she was looking forward to killing her mother kim and lucas plotted to kill the edwards family while they were sleeping 
In the middle of the night, Kim would let Lucas in through a window and they would commit the murders together. They specifically wanted to slit the throats of the victims to prevent them from screaming. They also consulted one of their schoolmates, a boy named Adam, as they planned these murders. Poor Adam, because he didn't, I don't think he really realized what was going on, but I mean, there was definitely red flags, but they kind of used Adam a little bit. So Adam's father was actually murdered when he was a kid. And Adam didn't know why Kim and Lucas were so interested in hearing about his father's death. Turns out they were planning to do a murder of their own. Adam had heard Kim mentioned that she wished her mother dead before, but he always played it off as a joke. Now, Adam's father was killed by a group of kids who were trying to break into his family home. Lucas and Kim were pretty interested in the verdict of the teens. One of the teenagers that had killed Adam's dad pleaded guilty, and then the other five were acquitted. At this point, Lucas was still expelled from school, so they couldn't plot the murders on school grounds, but the plans were still very much in motion. They ended up trying to carry out this plan twice, once on April 11th and once on April 12th. But both nights, the plan failed because Kim fell asleep and didn't let Lucas into the house. That's pretty funny. You yeah. would think you would, wouldn't be able to like fall asleep. Adrenaline, no. I don't know, set an alarm. Commit murders, 2 a.m. Yeah. Hit snooze. Right. Um, and during this <laughs> murder plotting week that they had, one of the neighbors of the Edwards said that they had heard lots of arguments and sounds of glass smashing. Once again, the police were never called. So the pair attempted to go through with their plan a third time. And this wait, was wait, wait. on the glass smashing. So he tried to break into the house. Yeah. 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 Oh, was this one of the nights she slept in? Yes. Okay. I was wondering why yeah. she didn't just open the front door, but okay. Sound sleeper. Yeah. I don't know the layout of the house. Like, I don't know if maybe one of the bedrooms was on the first floor, but later on, you'll kind of hear, it sounds like they're all on like the second floor or something. So I don't. I don't really know why the front door wasn't just like an option. So anyways, the pair would attempt to go with their through with their plan a third time. And this was on the night of April 13th, 2016. This time, Kim stayed awake and she let Lucas into the house. Now, Lucas had walked the 30 minutes it took to get to Kim's place from his place on foot in complete darkness. And he was carrying a bag that contained four kitchen knives. Once he reached the Edwards house, he climbed to the upstairs bedroom from outside knocked three times and this was the signal the couple had arranged in advance because who knows when you hear knocking on your window you just it could be anyone so why not have a special knock for sure the storage is not funny but then again him let lucas in through the window he quietly climbed into the house and he asked if she was sure that she wanted to go through with this and kim told him that she was now, the original plan was for Kim to kill her sister, Katie, while Lucas killed Mother Elizabeth. In the moment, Kim told Lucas that she just couldn't do it. So he told her not to worry about it and that he would take care of all of it by himself. Both Katie and Mother Elizabeth were sleeping soundly in their bedrooms. Lucas took out one of the knives and crept into Mother Elizabeth's room while Kim sat behind the door and waited. Lucas then took the knife and stabbed Mother Elizabeth twice in the throat. This was to make sure that she couldn't scream for help. And then to double make sure, he grabbed a pillow and put it over her face. From the other side of the door, Kim could hear her mother gurgling and struggling to survive. And that's when Lucas stabbed Mother Elizabeth eight more times. While she's being stabbed, Mother Elizabeth was struggling to fight off her attacker. And Lucas put his whole body weight against the pillow to try to smother her. He ended up sitting like that for 10 minutes to make sure she suffocated. 
And at one point during the suffocation, Kim went over to the bedroom to check on Lucas's progress. She reached her hand around the door, but Lucas didn't grab the hand, her mother did. And that's Ooh. when she realized that her mother, it was her mother's hand, and she knocked the hand away. Kim, at this moment, thought she could hear her mother say, get off me. And this is when Lucas yelled for her to shut the door. But instead of doing anything, Kim just let her die, not thinking for a second that her life should be spared. In fact, Kim stood there watching her mother thrash and kick in an attempt to fight Lucas off. Kim told Lucas to stay calm and everything would be over soon. Um, unfortunately and sadly, this was not a quick or painless death. Lucas finally left the room once Mother Elizabeth stopped breathing and the pair knew she was dead. Lucas even went over to her to check her pulse to confirm. Then Lucas went to the bedroom that Kim and Katie shared across the hall. As Katie slept, Lucas violently stabbed Katie twice in the neck and then smothered her with a pillow. Kim could hear Katie saying, get off of me, I can't breathe, before she died. Katie was loudly trying to scream, but unfortunately, anything she was trying to say wasn't clear and couldn't be heard. She even tried scratching at Lucas so that he would get off of her, but unfortunately, the attack, attack was fatal. Due to her fight, Katie's blood was splattered all over the bedroom walls. And when he was done, Lucas and Kim decided to cover Katie with a white sleeping sheet because Kim apparently didn't like the smell or sight of blood, and it was making her nauseous. Hmm. The pair had just murdered Kim's family, and somehow neither of them felt any shed of remorse. Kim stated that neither of them felt bad, and they were much more laid back about the whole thing. To make things worse, after Lucas and Kim committed the murders, the two decided to take a bath together to rinse off. They then cuddled for a period of time and had sex in the living room. Then the two settled down for the night on the living room couch and ate ice cream and watched movies. They ended up watching three whole movies from the Twilight. Yeah, what did Zonka. they watch? Was, oh, Twilight. Twilight. Okay. They watched three of the Twilight movies. Those are not short movies. No, but also about toxic teen love. Yes. The next day, both Lucas and Kim were supposed to be at school and they didn't show up. And as a result of this, they were both reported missing. But the police and Lucas's aunt visited the Edwards home to try to find them. But each time that they knocked on the door, they got no answers from anyone. Lucas's aunt also reported him missing as he failed to come home. And younger sister Katie hadn't shown up for school and a mother Elizabeth hadn't shown up for work. So they were reported missing as well. Now, if you remember, the original plan was for them to kill themselves after the murder had been um, had been done, and they apparently abandoned this plan. Lucas and Kim had a handful of painkillers and booze, and they were planning on ending their lives around 2 p.m. the next day, but Kim said that she didn't like the smell of alcohol and she didn't want to go through the pain of dying. I love it when people that plan these murder-suicides just decide not to do half of it, the the suicide part um i don't love it but i mean obviously like very convenient hmm, interesting okay yeah that, sh that should have been the first step yeah, yeah. <laughs> so and, and she was like i'm nauseous at the sight or smell of blood or yeah. like the taste of alcohol you're like okay i feel like you're just reaching for like an excuse not to like kill yourself mm -hmm. you know so so instead of killing themselves the two decided to unwind, relax, and they watched the fourth Twilight movie. As they should. Mm -hmm. Kim and Lucas sat in the house for a day and a half while Katie and Mother Elizabeth's bodies just sat upstairs. 
Finally, at 12.15 on April 15th, police forced into the Edwards house through a downstairs window where they found both Kim and Lucas inside. They asked Kim if she knew where her mother was and she replied, upstairs. When an officer asked what happened, Lucas looked up at the officer and said, why don't you go up there and see for yourself? And so the police did. They went upstairs and they found Mother Elizabeth's body still lying in her bed. Mother Elizabeth's room was covered in blood and then they found Katie's body also lying in her own bed in the bloody room. The police found the murder weapon, a 20 centimeter kitchen knife in Kim's room. Mother Elizabeth had defensive wounds, meaning she had fought back against Lucas, and Katie's body was also positioned in a way that suggested she had tried to move away from her attacker. The family's eight-month-old dog was found still inside the home. Thank God, it was alive. She was just cowering in her crate and looked traumatized. I was so worried when you mentioned the dog. Yep, that the dog. I was going to say, you guys know. I went through a panic trying to find any article that said, did the dog bell die? No, it was okay. She was inside her crate. She looked very traumatized. Obviously wasn't fed for the past like two days either, but bell is okay. Not that murders of humans are okay either, but we just at least want, you know, the dog survived. I don't think you would have done the case if something happened to the dog. No, I'm not okay with animal abuse. Yeah. (laughs) The police said that both Lucas and Kim acted emotionless about the fact that there were two bodies in the home. And the only thing that Lucas said was fuck life. And Kim said, we were going to take them down anyways. And then Kim also led the police to the box of medication and booze saying that they planned on killing themselves, but decided not to. What do you you mean? We, she didn't do anything. Yeah. 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 The two were immediately arrested and charged with murder. Mother Elizabeth's boyfriend, Graham Green, arrived to the family home to find Kim being taken away in a police car. The police told him that Katie and Mother Elizabeth had been found dead inside the home. Graham then called Mary, the oldest sister, and that's when she got the horrific news that her mother and sister had been killed. The police asked Mary to come to the house in order to identify the bodies, and at that point, Mary said none of it felt real. The whole drive over, Mary was telling herself that it wasn't her family and a mistake had been made. But everything came became terrifyingly real when she walked into the house and she immediately knew that both her mother and sister were gone. The fact that murders were committed with assistance from Kim was another shock for Mary. She said that she knew her sister was unhinged, but never realized it would get to this point. As you can imagine, the community was shocked by the news and no one could understand why anyone would want to hurt Mother Elizabeth or the innocent 13-year-old girl. At first, the public didn't know who was behind the murders because, for some reason, the media posted that the suspects were two teenage boys. The news media reached out to the public and asked if anyone who knew or had seen anything suspicious to come forward. The community was obviously panicked at the threat of more violence to occur, but the police assured them in a press release that it was an isolated event. Now, due to UK laws, which we kind of found out in a Another recent case, because of their ages, Kim and Lucas's names were not released to the media until the judge approved it in 2017. And apparently in the UK, it is completely on the judge whether or not to release the the names when it comes to underage, underage people. However, Mary, the eldest sister, indicated on social media plenty of times before that that it was Kim and her boyfriend who were responsible for the killings. After Kim and Lucas were hauled off to the police station, they were separated and interrogated. They were also interviewed by police psychiatrists, and what the two said on these recorded tapes were both truly shocking and disturbing. 
Lucas admitted to killing Katie and Mother Elizabeth. He and Kim both described the murders in great detail to the police, and every ounce of it was with no emotion. Even the seasoned detectives listening into the interviews were completely stunned by what they were hearing. Now I have a clip of Lucas's interview, and I'm going to play it. And I went into her mom's room, stabbed her in the neck while she was asleep on her side, and smothered her face with a pillow. And um, after I knew she had gone, like, I went into Katie's room, which is the same room as Kim's, and um, I... I thought I stabbed her, but <clears throat> I thought I stabbed her, but I'm not 100% sure if it was like her or the mattress. And then I swallowed her face with a pillow too. So I was pretty much it. Then she said, um, sort of like, take your clothes off because they're covered in blood. And I did that. We put them in Liz's room and then we ran a bath and had a bath together just because we were both dirty. Basically, me and Kim, like, she knows I hate, hate it. Her mom, and um, I said, I wish I could kill her. And she said, yeah. And she thought I was joking, but I was being serious. Then she realized I was being serious, so she started being serious. What was the reason for killing Katie? Because she had called the police. Okay. Is that the only reason? Pretty much. So the police psychiatrist, Dr. Joseph, described both of them as cheerful and inappropriately upbeat for the interview, And it seemed almost like Kim was enjoying all of the attention that she was getting from it. And Kim even stated in the future that she would like to write a book about her life. Kim truly showed no remorse for her actions. She told the police that she was happy and relieved that Lucas had killed her mother and her sister. She said that she was happy the murders were quick and not torturous, which is funny because these murders actually did take a while and they were absolutely torturous to both Mother Elizabeth and Katie, who ended up fighting for their lives. Lucas gave the reason of Katie would call the police for the reason why they decided to kill Kim's youngest sister. And Kim stated that mother Elizabeth was killed because she had a deep hatred and resentment towards her for being her mother. She told the psychiatrist that she wanted to get revenge on her mother for the way that she had been treated her whole life. And that it was because she didn't like her mother at all. And she didn't want to have mother Elizabeth ruin or corrupt anyone else. Kim said that she didn't feel anything for Mother Elizabeth. She deserved it, and she's glad that she was dead. The interview showed that Kim was more worried about Lucas than her own family or her fate, stating that when Kim went into the bedrooms at the house while Lucas was committing the murders, she was checking to make sure that Lucas was okay, not checking to see if her mother or sister were alive. The police psychiatrists both completed their evaluations on Kim and Lucas and found that neither of them suffered from mental illnesses. But they did. Find that Kim showed early signs of personality disorders, but she was not able to be diagnosed with this until she was 18 years old. So both Lucas and Kim admitted to manslaughter and not murder. Kim refused to plead guilty to either murder charges, but instead wanted to plead guilty to manslaughter on the grounds of diminished responsibility, but the court rejected it. So that meant she was going to go to trial. Katie's father, Peter Edwards, who wasn't a part of the story at all, attended the trial, as did Mother Elizabeth's boyfriend, Graham. It was also reported that Kim and Lucas apparently split up once they were in police custody. All that for for nothing. Yeah. For love. 
Sister Mary attended every single day of the trial and was truly shocked to see Kim's complete lack of emotion throughout the entire thing. She sort of expected a lack of emotion when it came to the killing of her mother because everyone knew Kim hated her. But the way that Kim didn't show any emotion when it came to the murder of her sister Katie was truly disturbing, Mary said. Mary said, quote, it took everything in me not to jump over the fence at the trial and knock Kim's face off. At one point, Mary looked over at Kim during the trial and Mary stated that Kim was smiling at her. Lucas ended up pleading guilty on the first day of the trial, but Kim did not. The trial lasted eight days in the Crown Court and the jury was made up of seven men and five women. The court heard how Kim and Lucas planned out the murders ahead of time. The prosecutor compared the couple to Bonnie and Clyde. And the psychiatrist for both the prosecution and the defense ended up testifying. So the defense psychiatrist stated that Kim had diminished responsibility for the murders because she was suffering from an adjustment disorder at the time and could have a personality disorder. But the psychiatrist also stated that the disorder allowed Kim to lose self-control. The defense also told the court to consider Kim's mental state. They ended up showing one of her diary entries leading up to the killings. That quote said, help me. Death is the only way. Madness is inside of me. The prosecution said that Kim was just as guilty as the murder as Lucas, even though she did not physically commit the crimes. She helped plan it, gave the okay, and not once did she try to stop Lucas from doing anything. The police stated that Kim was essentially the driver between the two and that she was the driving force for the murders. As for the adjustment disorder, the prosecution psychiatrist disagreed with that diagnosis and said that even if Kim was truly suffering from a disorder, she would it wouldn't have impaired her decision to make rational choices and that at her age, she understood the consequences of her actions. On October 10th, Lucas pled guilty to the murder murders. Once the trial concluded, it only took the jury two and a half hours to reach their verdicts on Kim. On October 18th, 2016, Kim Edwards was found guilty of both the murders of Elizabeth and Katie Edwards by a unanimous verdict. Both Kim Edwards and Lucas Markham were sentenced to life in prison with a minimum of 20 years. Kim and Lucas are Britain's youngest ever double murderers and some of the youngest killers in the UK history. Of course, Kim and Lucas both appealed their sentences and they were successful. Their sentences were reduced to 17 and a half years on June 9th, 2017, my birthday. They are currently in their seventh year of imprisonment meaning that they're both going to be released when they're in their 30s. Though this can be kind of controversial, I I personally do believe in prison rehabilitation, Um, but this case in particular is kind of a hard one for me to decide on, and I wanted to get your opinion on it as well, is that, you know, both Kim and Lucas were underage when they committed the crime, so we know, like, their brains weren't fully developed, and they probably didn't understand the full consequences of their actions, but... I don't really know how I feel about them receiving a 17-year sentence for a double murder that was this gruesome. Not to say that one is worse than the other, but in particular when it comes to Lucas, like he's the one that actually committed these murders with his bare hands. So knowing that Kim and Lucas are both going to be let go when they're in their 30s just doesn't sit right with me. And Mm -hmm. I I just don't think a 17-year sentence is justified for this crime. But that being said, With rehabilitation, I do hope that once their sentence is over and they are released, I hope they're heavily monitored or watched and that they're both required to go through some type of mental health treatment 
So ladies, that is the case of Kim Edwards and Lucas Markham, the Twilight Killers. I had never heard that one, ever. I don't know how I feel about the 17-year sentence. I think I would feel better if it was 17-year sentence per murder. Yeah. Yeah. I would say 17 years of mandatory psychiatric hold right. treatment. Like, the, and just letting you know, like, there is nothing, nothing in articles or research that I could find that says they went or are going through mental health treatment. Like, they're both just in prison. Yeah. I mean, obviously, we're not psychiatrists, but 14-year-olds murdering two people or convincing someone else to do it. Obviously, there's something going on. I totally think Kim's just as responsible as Lucas is when it comes to crime and charge and everything. But Lucas was the one with doing the actual actions. So I think that it should be a little bit more severe on his end, um, just because he definitely needs some more psychiatric evaluation for doing that. But they both, like, they're going to be released in, like, they're seven years in, so 10 years. Yeah, I wouldn't even feel comfortable living in the same community as them. At all. Or like, you know who I th- who, who I think about is the older sister, Mary. Yeah. All right. I'm out of Britain. She still lives in the same town and everything. And I was like, Mary, you need to, you need to leave. I wonder if they'll get back together when they get out. I wonder how they broke up. Like letters. And pal. Through the attorneys. Yeah. Tell my boyfriend we're over. We're done. We're done. I can't do this long distance thing. This is just too much. We're in, we're in two different prisons and it won't work out we're just in different stages of our um Lines. incarceration i don't know yeah so not a fan not a fan of that i hope you know i probably won't remember this case in 10 years from now but if i do and if i see any article about it it'll be a good update hopefully mentally to me at least to know whether or not they're being monitored you know like released with with life probation you know or something like that but even then that doesn't make me feel good okay they need to be one no contact with each other absolutely two ankle monitors yep three weekly check-ins yep four weekly psychiatric towns and stuff yeah yeah and with that thank you for tuning in to another episode of over my dead pod If you want even more information, including photos and sources of the case, you can check out our blog at overmydeadpod.com. Be sure to leave us a review wherever you're listening to this and check us out on social media at overmydeadpod. And we will see you next week with another thrilling case. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Holly has a little birthday present to open. Oh, yes. Those who probably didn't know, last week was uh, Holly's birthday. In our friendship here for the three of us, something that we do for the past few years now is for birthdays, we kind of do them together. So like this time it was Holly's birthday. So Kylie and I chipped in a gift together to get her. Um, And we do vice versa for everybody else's birthdays. But Funny enough, right before we were about to record this episode, literally before I hit record, Holly got a knock on her door and it was her late birthday gift showing up. So we thought we would get Holly to just open it up while we're recording. A little unboxing, if you will. Yeah. Should, I leave, should I mute myself to open it or should I? No, no, this should be like an ASMR. Okay. Yeah, for sure. Now I will say, I don't, it has, I don't think it has anything to do with the podcast, but 
Yeah, give us a little crinkle of the paper. It's excited. Or you got to narrate, Holly. Yeah, okay, what are you looking at right now, Holly? She's ripping off the So the it's sleek little gray envelope. It's about the size of, I don't know, my torso. Okay. Good description, a torso. Yeah, I see some bubble wrap, but I can't tell what it is yet. So I'm going to proceed to cut the bubble wrap very carefully because it feels like it's fabric. <laughs> Oh wow! I love it. I what is it? it? What is it? Okay. It's a bag. Oh my gosh! This is noise. You guys should have. Oh my goodness! We thought you're now an attorney. You should have a little cute monogram Legal work bag. bag. I freaking love it. That is so thinking cute. For our listeners, it's a brown, it's like a obviously very nice leather work bag about the size of, I don't know, it's like bigger than my laptop. My laptop can definitely fit in there. And it's got my name on it and a little big OH and then a little pocket in the front for, you know, doohickeys and happies and things. Oh, I love it so much. This is the best I mean, gift ever. I would say you can fit your work laptop in there. And if, if you wanted to sneak in your dog, she could probably fit too. Both oh, of yeah. them. Or yeah. both of them. Uh, Butters has got to lose a couple pounds, but we could, we might be able to squeeze a fat ass in here. Yeah. Uh, happy birthday, Holly. Love Kate and Kylie. I love it mm. so much. It's beautiful. Thank you, guys. Well, happy just, birthday. Happy birthday. Thank you. People are going to be so jealous when I go into meetings with this. That looks real good. I don't know if this is supposed to stay on there, but it is staying on there. It says you made the right choice. Oh, yeah. I put your that. keys on there. Figure out how to put your phone since you tend to lose those things. Um, Putting an air tag in it. There you go. Probably right now. <laughs> I love it so much. You guys are the best gift givers ever. Hey. Did we want to do any more updates or anything? We did our little giveaway and it went really, really well. So thanks everybody who posted, reposted, liked, and shared our content. And we're sending you out a little happy if you engaged with us on our social media platforms and we'll probably try to continue to do little little happies like that yeah and definitely like I had I mean we the three of us definitely saw like who liked and subscribed and shared and blah 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 all that stuff but we don't know how many listeners actually are on our social media as well so definitely like check us out Instagram Facebook YouTube wherever I do want to give a little shout out I have two friends they're married Alex and Dave, and they are listeners to our podcast. As soon as we release an episode, they're like right on it. And a little fun fact is that, well, everyone knows right now, this is Kate. I'm pregnant. I am quite pregnant at this moment. Halloween, Halloween coming up. And as always, it's one of our favorite holidays in the Carter house. So this year, because I am going to be so pregnant, our friends, Alex and Dave, who live in Jupiter with us, reached out to me and they were like, hey, what if we hosted a Halloween party at our house, but you could be like the co-host? Of course, hell yeah, count me in. I'm very excited to still be able to help create a pate. And even more fun, Kylie is going to travel down for it. Holly doesn't know this yet, but this year, the costume is Cam, Kate, and Kylie. Yes. So we're going to do a three-piece. I love it. We have a list of options but if any listeners have any ideas for some iconic and or funny trios we are open to suggestions 
we have five really good ideas right now. So it's basically just trying to figure out, which I guess we need to do sooner than later. Yeah. We de- we're into icon, like we want something that we walk in and know, like other people don't do that outfit, you know, like it's fun stuff. We want to be absolutely ridiculous. Absolutely. Every year. Love Every it. Year. Hit us up. Thanks again, Alex and Dave, for hosting the party for us. We will absolutely be there to decorate and make all of the ghoulish food. I will not be participating in any of the alcohol this year, but I will leave that up to Kylie. I will drink for you and for your baby. Thank you. We appreciate it.